random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin can and string, well, there's two tin cans and string this episode because I'm on one of them. Film director, documentarian, and a former mayoral candidate, we are joined with Tommy Avalone. And he is the man behind the documentary on Peacock, I Love You, You Hate Me. Tommy, good evening. Hey, thanks, thanks so much uh, for talking to me. You're spared the long intro, Tommy, so consider yourself lucky. <laughs> no, it's all good, all good. I mean, hey, you talk about me and uh, how cool I am. So keep, keep going. <laughs> well, so first off, by the way, the mayoral candidate thing, before we even get into any of like the other stuff, that is one of the most fascinating things. I've known you for years. I knew you through like uh, various people, one of which was uh, former uh, ECW wrestler, the Blue Meanie. So there's that <laughs> little connection. But I just remember the mayoral candidate thing. Explain. So, you know, that's, that was in some ways my like, – so I was trying to – I wanted to be Kevin Smith in so many ways. Like I wanted to make my own sort of clerks, you know, so – me and my friends were trying to make like scripted movies and all that sort of stuff. But uh, when I was running for mayor, it was just kind of this like joke that we had. Like I had been student council president in my high school, and I was and I loved the idea of running a campaign. I just thought it was fun. Like I, I you know I was goofy with it, you know. Um, so we just like oh let's try to do this for real, you know. And I would I filmed like I had like ten hours of that. And I, that was like my first thing. I was like oh why don't we make a documentary? I was like. 20 years old when that happened. So I was like, well, let's try to make a documentary out of this. So we just, we just filmed a bunch of stuff and I never did anything with the footage. Although I have been trying to figure out ways to like do something with it. But yeah, I mean, I ran for mayor. I wrote like a rap song that <laughs> I would play on the radio. Uh, I had bodyguards with me at all times called Tommy's angels. Uh, we, we kind of just did like it as a, as a bit, you know, um, we did press conferences and we gave milk and cookies to the audience, like Andy Kaufman would have. Oh. It was just like it was just like fun. It was just fun to do, you know. And people were like, "Oh, you're just you're just running for mayor so you can plug your movies." And I was like, "What movies?" And I would just name them, you know. Um, and that was kind of the idea. It was just it was just a fun sort of I don't want to say publicity stunt, but just like a fun way to do something. It wasn't like performance art, you know. Uh, so yeah, so I ran for mayor of in 2003, I think it was. I was 20, turning to 21 years old, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I gotta ask, with uh, Tommy's Angels, your bodyguards, how many of them had frying pans as a weapon? <laughs> None. I'll tell you a funny story. You know, so like, uh, yeah, I did. I got a lot of press during that time. I was on CNN. Um, There's just like a lot going on because I was. At the, you know, 20 years old, running for mayor. At the same time, like across the country, like Arnold Schwarzenegger was running for governor, and but like everyone was running for governor at the time. Like Gallagher 
you know, I think uh, there was just like a bunch of, I think maybe even Gary Coleman, I could be wrong, but there was a lot of just like weird people running for office at that time, way before it became popular in 2016. You know, uh, but like, you know, like it was just really, so, so what, I'd always have my bodyguards with me in all these sort of interviews. I remember Fox in particular didn't like having the bodyguards, but I refused to be interviewed without them. I was like, they have to keep me safe, you know? Uh, and they never ran the art. They never ran the story. You know, they shot all this sort of stuff, and they never did anything with it. I just remember them being, like, frustrated that I wouldn't, like, break kayfabe, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, tying over to Marvel very loosely, very loosely, but you did a documentary about Bill Murray, and one of the little-known things about Bill Murray is prior to his time on Saturday Night Live, he was doing voice acting work for a Fantastic Four radio show. And it's kind of cool to see how, even in the most minute way, something can tie into the Marvel Universe, you know? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. And, you know, with the uh, Bill Murray documentary, how did that come about? Because like, especially like your earliest documentaries, like Ghost Heads, I Am Santa Claus, and whatnot. Yeah, so I mean, you had mentioned Blue Meanie earlier. I'm a big wrestling fan, and, and Brian uh, and me, Blue Meanie, are friends. And I remember him being at my apartment at the time telling me uh, my first Bill Murray story. It was like that sort of like tall tale one where it was like, oh, Bill Murray uh, went behind someone and put, their, put his hands over your eyes and said, no one will ever believe you. And I was like, there's no way that's true. There's no way. And then during that time, it's like when some of these other Bill Murray stories popped up where he randomly showed up to a college party and did the dishes. He played kickball with strangers. He sang karaoke with a stranger. And, like, I just started seeing all these stories. I was like, I wonder why he does that. I bet if you turn that into, like, a Bigfoot documentary, uh, it'd be quite interesting. You know, we're not like Bill Murray is the Bigfoot, but the story itself is the Bigfoot. You know, and you're in a search to see if this is real. You know, in no way that we ever want to interview Bill because, you know, if you sit down – and talk to Bigfoot at the end of the documentary and be like, so what's with the woods? It kind of just ruins the magic. So that was kind of our thought process and how it came to be. But yeah, it was a Blue Meanie told me my first Bill Murray stories and I went with it. Very cool. And it, it's kind of interesting to see with the whole Bill Murray documentary where this has led you to over the years. Like, I love, I love the I Am Santa Claus documentary that you did with oh, so many different Santa Clauses of all shapes and sizes, including, you know, former WWE champion Nick Foley. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. There's so many Santas, but also so way more wrestlers in a Santa Claus movie than you would think. You know, we were obviously following around Mick Foley, who for the first time became Santa Claus, and really so much changed his life. He's been like Santa Claus every day, uh, every uh, Christmas since. You know, Blue Meanie was interviewed in there. Tommy Dreamer was interviewed there. Jerry Lawler was interviewed. Roddy Roddy Piper was in there. Towards the end, you see a quick little snippet of DDP. You know, there was so much wrestling in that documentary. It's funny. We always try to put a professional wrestler in every single one of our movies. Uh, I Am Santa Claus had all the ones I just mentioned. I produced the movie Ghost Heads. Zack Ryder was in there. Uh, Bill Murray Stories, we did interview... Uh, George Animal Steel, but unfortunately we had to cut the interview because George was in Ed Wood with Bill, but he is in our DVD. 
Um, and yeah, and then in this, this upcoming movie I have right now, uh, I Love You, You Hate Me, about Barney the Dinosaur, we tried to interview John Cena because we felt like he was the real-life Barney, you know, loved by the audience he was made for but hated for anyone older. You know, it's, uh, let's go Barney, Barney sucks in some sense, if, if you get that wrestling <laughs> reference, you know? Absolutely. And it, it's funny because in the realm of comic books and stuff like that, there are characters that can be heavily pushed to the point where there's the sense of, I'm tired of this, you know? And what I get with a lot of this as well is with uh, Barney the Dinosaur, for yourself, what, what is your stance on that character in general? On Barney? Yeah, I mean, I think it was something that was made uh, because there was, a, there was a market for a character for children, you know, zero to four, and it was very, very successful. You know, so much so that other shows started developing characters for that same sort of market. Uh, and eventually Barney became not the only per- sort of character in that field. And, yeah, I mean, he's been, he was around for 18 years. Whoa, that's a long, wow, long time. Yeah. Well, because I mean, the documentary, like, they show they, early they, footage of Barney, made, and it's so. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was say they they made tapes first. There was like eight tapes, uh, starting in 1988, and then in 1992 it was on PBS, uh, and then 1993 was their big what they called their Elvis year, and yeah, in 2010 is when the show got canceled. And it's kind of weird to see the early proto Barney, by the way. Just it's yeah, it should be adorable, but it's unnerving. <laughs> right. So the first three tapes, it was this darker purple, more or like looked blue, really harder edges. It was way more dinosaur T Rex like than you know what you see now. Uh, and then you know after that, the, the shade started turning towards like more of a magenta purple uh and then a lot more softer engines the voices change the voice changed it was the same guy but it was before it almost sounded like santa claus uh and now it was a lot more like higher higher pitched this show is brought to you by our patreon go to patreon.com slash the marvelists and on the three dollar tier you'll get access to episodes early and ad free $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, You Haven't Read That? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. And, you know, for myself, like, Barney the Dinosaur was a character that I remember being a heavy part of my childhood. I was, you know, a, a, you know born in 1988, so, like, that was a pretty big part like i remember that character being so prevalent and you know it became the thing as you get you know older you're supposed to immediately hate him and it's it's kind of interesting to see it like that yeah it's the first thing you kind of learn how to denounce just to fit in you know <laughs>
And when it comes to the character in general, you know, it's funny because there are so many, you know, nice, kind people that are involved. And it for those people involved, I would ima- I could only imagine how heartbreaking it is to hear so many people like denounce the work like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you just sometimes don't think about, I mean, you're allowed to be annoyed by Barney. I mean, and, you know, if if you're not the demo, it very easily could be annoying, you know, um, especially the way kids watch programming. It's over and over and over. You know, any song uh, over and over and over can be annoying. Um, so, like, I get it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you just have to realize, like, this character wasn't meant for me. But but for the the people who the character was meant for, they love it. So why try to break that down? You know. I do think it's funny hearing something like that in relation going on. Like right now, the uh, the Marvel fandom has a very uh, toxic relationship with a certain uh, green skinned female character, and kind of reminds me of that. Like half of the audience likes and half realizes I'm not a fan. It's it's kind of funny to see that. You know. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, I I just I love the whole like you ruined my childhood thing because I think everyone will be fine, you know. Like <laughs> in 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 our documentary, I know it's not Marvel, but you know, close enough with the Star Wars stuff. You know, it's like we briefly talk about in 1999 the Phantom Menace and how people went crazy over like you know Jake Lloyd who was a little kid playing young Anakin Skywalker. And just tormented this kid, you know, like torment, like in school and college and in life. And it, it didn't, you know, it really ruined his life. So in like, you know, all these Star Wars fans saying, you ruined my childhood, George Lucas. They actually did ruin Jake Lloyd's life by the amount of trouble they've given him because of like this, this character, you know. So it is, and I always roll my eyes whenever I hear the, my, you ruined my childhood, you know. I mean, you did a documentary on Ghostbusters, and there's quite a, uh, a vocal uh, minority of fans that are salty about a movie that, you know, quote-unquote ruined their childhood, when in actuality, they didn't even need to watch it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, so I produced that one. It's called Ghost Heads. It was about, like, Ghostbuster fans. And, you know, in that one, we didn't really focus too much on the uh, Ghost Heads backlash because, you know, we were kind of making it as that movie was happening. Although we oh, no, 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 I meant, I meant Ghostbusters. I meant uh, Ghostbusters uh, 16, the uh, backlash towards that, not Ghost Heads. Right, right, right. But, like, in, in Ghost Heads, we do address a little bit of 2016's movie. You know, we kind of came out at the same time. Like, at the end of our movie, you see some of the characters going to a screening of the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie, 2016. Um sure. But I was just saying that, like, you know, it is crazy in with in that movie, Ghost Heads, how we, we just kind of focus on the positive sides of that fandom. But for sure, I mean, like, it's, um, you know, everyone everyone just gets upset about that sort of stuff. And, you know, everyone just it's wants silly. to be upset, I guess. <laughs> it's definitely very silly to see, like, you know, at the end of the day, just like what you like, you know, and you don't need to complain needlessly about something just for the sake of complaining, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's in some... There's a, a small version of this in our movie, uh, but it was extended at one point. But, you know, it's like 
you know, I'm, I'm giving diff, like weird analogies here, but like, why be the person who hates grapefruit? Like be the person who loves avocado. Hmm. Like don't like just be the person that you're defined by everything you hate and all the things that you just don't care for, but be the person that's passionate about the thing that you really, really love, you know? And, and it's, it's, it's a really interesting mindset to kind of be that way, you know, because I've definitely, I mean, I grew up in the 90s. I've definitely been a person who really thought they were the, the things that they hated, you know. But, you know, in shifting that sort of mindset, it is, uh, I think, a, a better way of living. I do think it's funny that you brought up earlier John Cena because the whole thing in recent years, like, now John Cena has, like, had a reinvention in fandom, you know, in D.C. with the whole Peacemaker thing, and now all of a sudden, oh, I've always loved John Cena. And I'm like, no, you guys didn't. So, like, do you think Barney the Dinosaur will ever have that, you know, semi-baby face turn? I like to think that it, we, it could be a part of it now because, I mean, yeah, sure, like, when the trailer came out and, and it was trending, like, people were like, oh, yeah, I remember hating Barney. But I, there was a lot of people that's like, why did we do this to Barney? Like, Barney's cool. You know, it's like there were so many Barney fans that pretended to be Barney haters just to kind of fit in. So it might be, I think, during this time when people watch the movie, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we kind of gave this guy, uh, you know, not a fair shake, you know? So it's like, I think, I mean, I like to think that people will appreciate Barney a lot more after watching this documentary. And in regards to uh, Barney's overall, you know, appeal, it's funny because, like, watching the documentary, like, in, especially in the beginning, there's one guy who is a massive Barney fan, has all of the uh, plush dolls behind him. And it's like, I like what you said earlier of love what you, you know, be the person that really loves something and instead of yeah. just being the hater. And watching him just be so, you know, pure and happy about that, it's a breath of fresh air, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, dude, that dude loves Barney. You know, and he's great because he knew he just knew so much about Barney. You know, because what's interesting is like there isn't really much uh, about Barney out there. You know, um, for years it was I don't want to say kept secret, but just no one really talked about it. Um, so Andrew and a couple of his friends who run the Barney History Fans page really like did went out of their way to collect a lot of that sort of stuff throughout the years. So even when talking to some of the cast members or crew and they couldn't remember things, like these were the people who remembered them all, remembered it all, you know? And this, you know, documentary is also, I like the fact that in a way it also shines a light on the fact that people should, you know, realize that, you know, these actions have repercussions, you know, be kind to others and, that's what, like, there is, you know, it's just like dealing with internet bullying. There is another person at the other end of this, and it has, you know, real ramifications in the long run. Yeah. Peter, I just realized who I was talking to. I forgot we were talking the other day on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. I, was, I was just thinking, I was like, you know, all right. Like, you're mentioning all this stuff. I was like, oh, like, oh, like with Blue Media and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, you were just at Comic-Con, and you're always with all the wrestlers posting your pictures. That's so funny. Hi, Peter. Hello, Tommy. How are you? Because <laughs> is... I, I told you, like, it, 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 it is hard to hear you a little bit, so like, I just didn't get it, you know? Uh, so that's so funny. That's... <laughs> well, I think I have to take it back about that long intro. <laughs> Talk about a long hello. Oh, my God. You yeah, know what? Right, right. <laughs> I, 
you know, just jumping in a couple of little minor points, and you can disregard them as you will. But I don't remember there being too much of a flood of market of trick or treaters dressed as Barney when there was. Well, you know, it's so funny. There's this one clip. I kind of forget who it was, but he was on David Letterman, and he was talking about how like he went trick or treating, and someone was dressed like Barney, and people just kept throwing candy at him. You know. Well, you and, know what? That's better than getting beat that? up, I guess. Yeah, 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 totally. So, yeah, I mean, Barney, uh, you know, although I just, you know, I went to the Spirit uh, Halloween uh, this year, and they're having inflatable Barney costumes. So I definitely bought one. Uh, so I'm, I was, I'm happy about that. Although it's going to be inflatable costumes are really difficult to trick-or-treat in. You know, I have kids. I'm not just, like, some, like, weird, like, four-year-old <laughs> trick-or-treating. Um, but, like, you just you can't, you know, there's no place to put your face, you know. So it's just... I don't know if I'll actually wear it, but I own it. And that's the beginning. I mean, come on. You have to do it now for at least, you know, like do a Zoom, you know, interview and just be shown as Barney the Dinosaur. Well, I guess the difficult part is it's just because it's, it's an inflatable thing, so you hear that fan, you know? So <laughs> I guess that would be <clears throat> it'd be hard to, like, do an interview when that fan is constantly, like, going. Uh, you know, I was just sad about hearing what you said about Jake Lloyd and the, you know, persecution, if you will, that he was going through. I thought all that was about being, you know, hating on Jar Jar Binks for crying out loud. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's two characters that definitely got hated on, Jar Jar Binks, but uh, Jake Lloyd definitely got it too, you know, whereas Jar Jar Binks was suicidal. Uh, you know, uh, Jake Lloyd is schizophrenic right now and is under home care. Um, you know, it just, it's just very, it's just awful, you know, but we chose to focus on Jake Lloyd in our doc because he's also a child, you know? Mm-hmm. I just made me wonder if, if it goes back to as far as, you know, Shirley Temple. Did issues have come around since then or in between then? <laughs> of, like, bashing? Yeah, or just ha- you know, getting complexes and being, you know, portrayed negatively because these are child stars, and I don't know. I guess it's just, I don't it's know if it's acceptable. Back then. I mean, like, Barney was, like, early Internet and, like, you know, obviously – but uh, Star Wars was 1999, so, you, you know, you're hearing a lot of sort of that Internet bashing, you know? So, but, I mean, it, it followed Jake Lloyd in, like, school. Like, you know, one of our producers went to uh, a college that Jake Lloyd went to. Like, he didn't know him, but he would always hear how, like, people would just, like, like say things as he walked by and just really just gave him a hard time. You, you could look up some, like, Jake Lloyd interviews on YouTube, and, like, you could just see, like, uh, it totally affected him. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to, you know, again, like, it's it's funny, like, the mass availability of the Internet definitely expedited, you know, just the concept of haters in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, we talked to the um, one of the guys who runs the Jihad Destroy Barney website, which is one of the original. It's the first time the word Jihad was ever used online was... Uh, was on this website, and it was one of the original websites, too, because it was so early, early, early Internet. And he was just talking about how he feels somewhat responsible for the language in which, you know, is being used today online because, like, he was one of the beginning people to do that. Like, not him in per se, but, like, the group in which he was, you know? Hmm. Like, he, he's like, you know, there was a lot of people on that Jihad Destroy Barney Facebook page, not Facebook page, God, just a website <laughs> that... um you know, it's sometimes, oh, like, let's, there's a Barney event. Let's throw pies at them and stuff like that. And he's like, no, 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 we're not going to do this in real life. This is just for online. You know, and I think that, that groups like that splinter off and 
you know, and that's where you get stuff like 4chan. Yeah. And again, it's that level of uh, bullying. Like I know it's funny because the internet echo chamber is so strong. Like, you know, you say one thing and if it catches, it'll just keep going and going, you know, relating it over in the realm of comics, you know, there's various creators that get that. Like the biggest one is Rob Liefeld, where he's criticized for his art style, this, that, the other thing. And it's kind of an unfair thing to see, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, there is certainly a lot of Barney bashing that happened in the nineties, but then stories just became stories about the Barney bashing. And it's just like, you're magnifying this thing, you know? So, yeah. It, can, it definitely can be a very uh, problematic kind of thing in the long run. Like it, something like started as innocent, like it just as a, you know, a playful joke. Like, by the way, when you said it, the Barney Jihad, like how hard is it to keep a straight face saying something like that? <laughs> it's a little difficult. You know, I mean, like it's, uh, you know, we all heard the songs uh, back in the day, like, you know, I love you, you hate me, you know, like all these sort of songs as like a parody. And that's like sort of like what the kids do. But like, you know, it, and sometimes it's like there's, there's a way in which something is a good joke and something is like gone too far, you know. And I think in our, our documentary uh, that comes out October 12th on Peacock, we explore just like kind of where hate comes from and what sometimes seems like an innocent joke could, could uh, have weight. So now, Tommy, before we wrap this episode up, first off, I want to say thank you so much for speaking with us on the program today. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Now, first off, how can people get a hold of you on social media? Uh, all you have to do is know how to spell my last name. It's uh, Tommy Avalone, A-V-A-L-L-O-N-E, and the number three. Uh, it's on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And, or if you just go to DoubleWindsorFilms.com, I think it points to everything. And once again, I Love You, You Hate Me. It'll be streaming on Peacock on October 12th, correct? Yes. And Peacock is available in multiple formats. I believe they have the uh, $4.99 ad-supported tier. And then you can be like me, where it's the $10 ad-free tier. And you can watch so many things, such as Columbo, Savage Dragon, Barney the Dinosaur, and WWE. What a combo. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited for the Halloween ends as well. Same here. For the Marvelous, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Tommy Avalone. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior!